calling all overwhelmed coaching and service-based entrepreneurs. Are you struggling with working in and on all the things when it comes to your business? Delegating projects to your team, struggling with apps, tools, and programs that are supposed to make you feel more productive? You are not alone. We have created this podcast for you. Tune in each week to hear how you can create structure within your business, learn when it's time to hire a team, and be the fly on the wall for the episodes when we talk with other entrepreneurs who were in this same situation, but worked through it with the help of a team. Welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Business Managers Podcast. We are back with another guest, another great guest. And this week, we have Shulamit Bear Levtov, and she is the entrepreneur's therapist, something we all need. She helps women-identified entrepreneurs uplift their mindset and pilot their emotions so that they can overcome the anxiety and isolation of running a business. Shulamit is a licensed trauma therapist, retired yoga teacher, and trauma survivor. She has over 20 years of professional experience supporting mental health and personal growth and has logged thousands of hours helping hundreds of women and men rebound from stress and trauma. Shulamit has been an entrepreneur for over 27 years. Most recently in 2017, she founded a holistic stress and trauma clinic in Kempville. An award-winning entrepreneur and experienced speaker, Shula brings a unique perspective and approach to supporting women in business, has spoken locally, nationally, and internationally, and has been a guest on podcasts including Small Business Boss, What Works, Fearless, The Biz Podcast, and now the Business Managers Podcast, and many others. So welcome. Welcome to our show. Thank you. What you do is so very important in the business world. Thank you. I'm really grateful, you know, to be able to advance a discussion about entrepreneurship and mental health. I'm very passionate about it. And you guys, you you have offered me a great opportunity to share what I think is really important and helpful information with folks who are running businesses. It's important, like Melissa said, and, and we're lucky that you are are here to, to talk to our listeners. So all the hearts. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your journey to how you got to where you are now and, and how you work with people. Thank you for asking. So it's a long story about how I got here. So I'll only tell the last third, which is that this is my third career. So partway through my second career, I was injured on the job and only a typing injury, nothing dramatic, but I couldn't continue to do the work I was doing and I had to do my own occupational rehab. So I chose to go back to school and get a master's degree. My goal was to be done before I was 50 and I did it. Congratulations. Uh, now I'm close to 60. So that was a long time ago. But um, because originally I had gone to school when I was 19 for uh, social work. So I wanted to be a therapist then, but took a bunch of detours. So it made sense to return to my roots and do that. But as you know, if you go to school for a particular trade or skill or profession, they teach you how to be a good technician, how to be good at repairing cars, writing copy, being a therapist, but they don't teach you how to run a business. Exactly. Right. And I was aware that I did not have, having having been an entrepreneur for many, many years prior to this and always having only, they never really lifted off, right? 
they were more like side hustles. They didn't, they just never um, launched. That's the word I'm looking for. So I knew that I wanted to do it differently this time around. And I knew also that most small businesses failed in the first year and that a lot of helping professionals are known, famously known for being bad with money. Well, you know, I was coming on 50. This is my quote unquote retirement plan. Like I have to be able to do whatever I do until I die, basically. Right. So I knew as soon as I got out of school, I had to start studying business in order to make this a success. So I graduated and right away started with business training, business coaching, mastermind groups. And I started hanging out with other entrepreneurs. And surprise, surprise, I was the only therapist I knew who was thinking business. And I was the only therapist I encountered hanging out in business networking groups like the chamber and women in business and things like that. It was only me. And I had a real inside view for what people were going through. And because I was a therapist, I think people were more willing to be a little bit more revealing of the emotional side of what they were experiencing. And of course, in my own experience of running my own business, first of all, as a solo entrepreneur and then opening the clinic. I understood the emotional roller coaster that goes along with running a business, right? Wearing all the hats and doing all the things. And so it became very clear that there was a need for someone, a therapist, someone with a therapeutic orientation to support entrepreneurs in their unique journey. Because a lot of people will say stupid stuff like, why, if it's that stressful, why don't you just get a job? <laughs> no, thanks. Right. <laughs> or your if your to-do list is too long, why don't you just cut some of the stuff off it? That's a, like a favorite of my husband's. But like, if you're running a business, you can't just not do stuff. Right. I mean, you can, but it's not as simple as that. And certainly when you're worked up and somebody says, well, just take something off your list. You're like, I'm just going to give you one pow right in the kisser, right? <laughs> not it's not sandwich. Yeah. So that's how I became the entrepreneur's therapist, because it's a really, it's important that entrepreneurs get the support they need from someone who gets it. Yeah. And I know that we talked about this before we started recording, but as great as it is that this is your passion, it's really sad that entrepreneurs need a therapist, but it's, I wish more people knew as entrepreneurs that they did need a therapist. Yes. I think what it is, what I would like, I would say that just slightly differently. I agree with you. And I would kind of massage the language a little bit around that. What I would say is that we are all stronger with support. Absolutely. And so our businesses are healthier, safer, and stronger. And so are we when we have support. And that's something like it doesn't have to be only therapeutic or emotional support. You need people to help you run your business. You need a business manager. You need a VA. You need a copywriter and a marketing person. These are the things. This is the kind of help that makes us stronger. Right. And a therapist who can help you regulate your emotions, get a handle on your mindset, that then brings your CEO self, your prefrontal cortex, which is where all your executive capacity, your thinking skills, your problem solving, your rational, your reasoning capacity, all that stuff is in your prefrontal cortex. And when you're worked up emotionally, it literally stops communicating with the rest of your brain. Mm -hmm. So all you've got left to go on is emotions and emotions aren't bad. They're just only part of the story. Mm -hmm. You need the rest, right? So the emotional support helps you get back in touch with your CEO self so that your business can be better and you can do better. So it's not that we need therapy per se, although that's, I think, often the case because life is hard and it has an impact, right? Mm -hmm. But that we just can be so much stronger when we've got someone, when we've got a team, when yeah. we have support. Where do you think the disconnect is like that people think that therapy is bad? 
Like I think therapy is great, but there are, there's a lot of people who don't think therapy is great. Right. To carry on with what we were talking just, just now, you know, about the idea that we're stronger with support. There is a key belief, a core belief that many people hold that asking for help means you're weak. Mm-hmm. And if you think literally about if something needs support, like a dam, I use this metaphor frequently, a dam with a little hole in it, right? Dams are strong, but they things can happen. Conditions can occur in the environment around them. And just with time, they need some support, right? And if you don't support a dam with a little we- little leak, what happens? Right. It's going to burst. That's right. It bursts because eventually the stress wears away. But literally, if we build up that dam, then it's what? It's yeah. unbreakable. It's supported. Exactly. In this culture, we tend to think about needing support as making meaning that we're weak, when in fact, when we ask for support, it makes us stronger. But there's also the invisibility of things, especially mental health and the idea of like the uncontrollability of what can happen inside your mind sometimes and with your emotions sometimes makes it a scary, like it's, it's a scary realm for people to enter just in the general discourse, Mm -hmm. because there seem to be not many solutions. It's hard to put your finger on what's happening. It's hard to understand, you know? So I think the stigma and also people with um, severe and persistent mental illness who are the ones we see the most in the media behave in ways that are chaotic and upsetting to us. Mm-hmm. And so, and we, that's the last thing we want to experience and the last way we want to be seen. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think we shy yeah. away from that as well, but I think mental illness or mental health challenges show up in so many different ways, mm-hmm. but most of them are invisible. And I think that's part of the big problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, Everybody experiences trauma in one way or another, whether they actually acknowledge that or not. Mm -hmm. Well, you had my dear friend, Nicole Lewis Kiever on a couple of weeks ago, and she talked about the nature of we've uh, established the business therapy center together and we've joined forces to take the entrepreneurship therapy trauma stream into a greater scope. And when she was on your podcast, she talked about the big T and small T traumas. And she mentioned, you know, small T trauma erodes, big T trauma explodes. And it's so true, right? That so many of us have experienced what we, what Nicole calls and what is in general called small T trauma, but we don't call them traumas, but they still have that impact. They still affect us, right? Mm -hmm. But again, they're in the realm of the invisible because they are unnamed, right? right? Right, because they're small, right? Yeah. So they're in quotation marks. We're all making air quotes. Yeah. Right. Small, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it so doesn't seem like it's important, but it really is. It really is. I remember when I was first in my recovery from um, trauma myself, and just naming naming it for what it was. Like I knew what had happened to me. I could name this. That I could just tell the story, but the meaning, right? Naming it trauma. Suddenly, I went, oh well. No wonder, right? Like, no wonder it's a struggle. No wonder it's difficult. And that kind of self-empathy, that kind of like, oh, well, no wonder, of course, there's nothing wrong with me can really help alleviate a lot of the distress that people feel. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the role of therapy, right? Is helping you make sense of what happened to you and or what's going on now, right? And I find we talked about this a, a little bit before we opened the mics about making sense of what's happening in the world around us now. Mm -hmm. A while ago, a community I'm in, the leader 
wrote a post about, oh, you know, we're good. We're coming to the end of summer. We should be feeling great, but we're not. Um, and I guess it's just burnout. And I wrote back to her and I said, no, it's pandemic trauma. Yeah. Part of what's so distra- and I've seen that in colleagues since my friend posted this in the community, and it's been part of the kind of private discussion I've been having. But I think it's time to really be public about it, too. And I'm grateful that we have this opportunity to talk about it here, that to say, like, you may be feeling burnout e, hmm. but it isn't burnout in that it isn't your fault. It's not like you've been working too hard. It's not like you. I mean, come on, we've been staying home doing nothing sort of, so to speak, right? There's those quotes again. Right, again, in air quotes. It feels like nothing, and it feels burnout e, but it's not because caused by the traditional things we would consider cause burnout. It's caused by the trauma of 20-odd months of global global pandemic and collective trauma. Right. We have nothing, and I think we talked to Nicole about this too, it's like, we have nothing to compare this to. None of us were here in 1918, likely, during the influenza pandemic. And there's yeah. been nothing like that since. So it's, I, I can see how people do say it's burnout-y. Like, it's burnout, not burnout-y. It's burnout. And they're being too hard on themselves. Like, everyone, yes. from kids to adults, you know, it's, we have it's to give really- ourselves some grace. We do. It's so important to see that this is not our fault in that, like the implication is if it's my fault, it's something I did, which means there's something I can do. Right. It's a funny backwards empowered stance to blame ourselves for what's going wrong because it, it does imply that, well, if it's my fault, I can do something about Mm -hmm. it. And while it's true that around the pandemic, the impact of pandemic stress and trauma, there are things that we can do. Um, how we ended up here could not have been prevented given the circumstances, right? There's really literally nothing we could have done about it. And to just really sink into the truth of like, I'm not to blame for this. I love this from um, the Al-Anon 12-step family groups. I didn't cause it. I can't control it. And I can't cure it. Hmm. The three C's. And that's as true about this as any other thing. And just letting yourself off the hook for that can really help. Yeah. The other piece of it is getting back into quote unquote normal life is traumatic as well. Yes. Well, I would say, first of all, that we are not getting back into normal life. It's clear the data is showing that the fourth wave is either here, depending on where you are or coming. However, ironically, this fourth wave, while upsetting and distressing, is not like the other three. So once again, we have no freaking clue. What is this going to be? Like the other three, we kind of knew after the first one, okay, shut down. That's it. Stay home. That's it. Like that was a really, you know, a pretty safe and effective coping mechanism for those, for those of us to whom it was available or mask and stay away or whatever. But now it's like a whole new reality. Mask, don't mask. Some people are, some people aren't the whole, there are so many aspects. And I wrote a blog post about this and I'm doing a bunch of Instagram lives right now. So I will give you the links and we can put those in the, please. Like I could just go on about the detail. Let's just say that the complexity of what we are dealing with is literally unprecedented, as you said, and overwhelming. Mm. Yes. And I break down all the aspects of that complexity in the blog post and in the Instagram lives. So that would be something that folks could look at. to. Fe- yeah. But you're so right about it, right? The novelty, the constant grappling with what the fuck, yeah. right? is just exhausting. 
It is. And like, how am I doing the right thing? Well, Susie's not doing this, but and what I is the this. right and thing? Like, <laughs> no one knows because I did this. Like, it's a whole shit show. And the right thing no. last week is not the right thing this week. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, I did that. Oh, that's wrong. Okay. I won't do that yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's appropriate that, of course, as the situation evolves, the information available and shared changes. That's correct. That's yep. the right thing. Saying I was wrong. This is actually more accurate. I didn't know before. And now I know now that's in uh, acting with integrity and transparency and for sure important. And at the same time, I wouldn't want it any other way, but at the same time, it's really uh, disruptive to be on the receiving end of that. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and as much as people don't want to make it political here in the States, it's very political and Mm -hmm. you can't be on the right side because you're always on the wrong side. Yeah. So, yeah, that just adds another heartbreaking dimension, really. mm -hmm. Like it's a very fundamental, it's truly life or death. Mm -hmm. And it breaks my heart. Like I'm getting choked up now to think about it. You know, it's somewhat less polarized here in Canada, but we do have some polarizing occurring not to the extent that it's occurring in the states and just in a time when in my heart wishes that we could just could find a way to be truly human with one another mm. and we can't yeah. seem to do well, it breaks my heart it is and it, it truly is heartbreaking because it's like within family units even yes. it's very divisive yes and i've had a number of people reach out to me over the pandemic having had that experience and wanting support to deal with that, because how do you make sense of that? You're the, the safe, the people you thought were safe, aren't safe anymore. Right. Not, I'm not, I'm not even talking physically, like health wise, they're going to get me sick safe. I no, mean, like, I these are my beloveds and suddenly they're attacking me or I feel afraid of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's, I don't know where, how we got here or how we're going <laughs> to get through it, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, hopefully. hopefully this will be the, not this wave, but hopefully this will be the last. I don't, I don't even feel like the sentence that I'm going to say is even true because I feel like the dam is broken. But I feel like I hope this is the last pandemic that we see anytime soon. Um, but I feel like maybe the dam is broken. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Well, I share that wish. So shall it be an even better that we yeah. should never have to experience such a thing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not for another hundred years, please. And then, you know, we may or may not still be here. Who knows how long we will live on this plane. What are some factors? <laughs> yes, now that we've taken it down. Wah, wah. I know. How can we bring this back up? I've thought about this because like, that's my job. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> and part of me says, oh my God, you're just a broken record. But the other part of me just believes so strongly in the solution. And we talked about, Part of the solution is making sense of what's happening. And now I'm just having a brain fart too. I just love my, you know, my, my memory problems. Yeah, the lack of memory that we all have at this stage. It, I, it's an, it, well, first of all, I'm not neurodivergent. So it's something I struggle with, but then add the, it, it, the pandemic stress amplifies Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So making sense of things addresses the confusion and alleviates the distress, right? That's part of it. So mm-hmm. understanding and naming, if you can't do it yourself, getting support for understanding and naming what's happening. And that's a global thing. It isn't only about the pan- pandemic. Yeah. Whenever you're in distress, 
making sense of what's happening to you and naming it are two really important ways of helping yourself feel better. And as I mentioned before, when you can feel better emotionally, then your prefrontal cortex comes back on. And like whether it's in a business context or any other, you can have access to your more creative side, your, your, the side of you that can say, solve problems and address issues, not only in your personal life, but maybe in a bit wider way. You can start looking up from your desk and out into the world and see where and how I can help. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. The other aspect that, again, is a global solution, in quotation marks, solution, a global (laughs) response that we can offer no matter what the situation is Mm self-kindness. So part of the first aspect of self-kindness is acknowledging that you're having a tough time, you know, because our first impulse usually is to go, what the fuck's the matter with you? Mm-hmm. right yes. I'm, I'm a strong capable competent person i've been through hell and back again i i can solve any problem i've done anything a lot of us in business uh in business for ourselves are like this as, as nicole talks about you know this is sometimes our trauma response that mm-hmm. nobody's going to be the boss of me anymore nobody's going to get one over on me i'm going to run my own show and stay safe right i'm powerful i'm strong i'm competent this is the way i stay safe in the world so what the hell's the matter with me that i can't handle this now right That's our first impulse. It's important when you notice that kind of starting up to take a breath and recognize that it's distress talking, right? Oh, I know what's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm distressed. I'm upset. Things are tough right now. The second step is to validate. No wonder, like no fucking wonder. Hello. We have the six factors of as entrepreneurs, there are six factors that we experience in the course of running a business that make it demanding already, then add in whatever's happening in our personal lives. And if you have kids at home and you're trying to do that, plus run a business, hello, right? Right. And then there's a global pandemic. What the heck? No wonder, no wonder, right? And then the third step, and this I take from Kristen Neff, who did a whole bunch of research on self-compassion. May I be kind to myself? Hmm. And I would say that the first two steps are already self-kindness, that kind of acknowledgement. And then no wonder that self-compassionate kindness of like, yeah, who wouldn't be feeling this way? And then just the little setting the intention for yourself and maybe the tender self gesture of a a touch, a, a gentle touch to say, may I be kind to myself in this? Yeah. And I really can't overstate the power of this, at least in my own life and how it's important. Like it's not a one and done, but it's like every, especially under current conditions, every hour. Mm. right oh yeah this is tough oh yeah no wonder okay let me just be kind here right right and to me those are those are really powerful tools for any sort of distress but especially now yeah right yeah it can apply to any i mean there's so much happening right now haiti afghanistan (laughs) well here's another thing you know our nervous systems evolved in small communal groups right we were meant to be able to bear distress on a very, very small, yeah, mm-hmm. right? On a very small level, just friends, family, genetic relatives, maybe geographic proximity. You could walk in a day, maybe. Right. That's what our nervous systems were. We evolved under those circumstances and we can, we do pretty okay, really, when yeah. it's only our family, let's say. But when it's your family and your work and, and a pandemic and then things are blowing up elsewhere, like last uh, in May of 20, May, June, July of 2020, where we had a similar kind of experience where world events were heightened in the context of a global yeah. trauma, right? It's more than our nervous systems can handle. So again, it's not our fault. It makes sense that we would be breaking down under this kind of pressure, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Total shit show. Total shit show. Mm-hmm. So what other factors come into it? Well, as entrepreneurs, we life is complicated and difficult, right? Yeah. The, I have a list of factors. So the first in the list is what I call, well, it's a it's an acronym, VUCA, V-U-C-A, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Mm. But as entrepreneurs, we deal with these factors every day. There is the cost of the hustle. So even, and I put hustle in quotation marks because, you know, there are those of us who don't endorse a hustle mentality. However, there is a lot of heavy lifting involved with running a business Mm -hmm. and it has an impact. And we also don't have a lot of room necessarily to recover from that impact unless we've been very careful about how we have structured our business. And most of us fall into a a business structure where we're doing client-facing work and scrambling to catch up outside of business hours on the rest of the business, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't endorse a hustle mentality, but I do want to acknowledge that there is a kind of hustle or heavy lifting that characterizes entrepreneurship that takes a toll. And we don't have a lot of time to to bounce back from that recovery time. Yeah, There's isolation, so we have all known as lay people, non-entrepreneurs, what it's been like the past year and a half to be isolated, right? Mm-hmm. But as entrepreneurs, we are even more isolated because if you look around your neighborhood, you're not necessarily going to see that there's an entrepreneur in every other house, right? right? And also the role of leadership to be a leader so that you may be self-employed, but if you're self-employed and you have a team, you're in a leadership position where you're surrounded by people, but they are not your peers. They're not people in whom you can confide. You're holding space for them. Mm -hmm. If you're a service provider, you're also in a leadership role where you're holding space for your clients in one way or another. You're Mm -hmm. not confiding in them. You're holding for them. So you're peopled out, but also isolated emotionally there aren't people with whom you can easily share what your experience is like Mm. and carrying that burden on your own is difficult. Furthermore, as entrepreneurs, impression management is a thing that adds to our sense of isolation that if I let people know that I'm not doing well, they will doubt my capacity as an entrepreneur and they won't do business with me. Right. So all these factors like isolation is not one thing. It's many, right? Yeah. Isolation, there are barriers to access to professional support. And this is the case for anybody, but all the more so for entrepreneurs who maybe don't have health insurance, which is another barrier, right? There's a lack of healthcare providers in general, uh, mental health care providers, lack of access and just numbers, right? They The demand far outnumbers the supply. But then when you get down to being an entrepreneur and you need somebody who gets you, again, that's an even additional barrier that entrepreneurs experience. Right. We link our self-worth to our business success, but right, you're, the questioning, the self-doubt that comes up when your business is wobbly. And yep. so part of the work is to unlink that, but it's, a, it's work to do that. And if we haven't done it and our business is, you know, we have the emotional roller coaster and that has an impact as well. And then finally, the people who are entrepreneurial, research has demonstrated or has documented rather that the group of people from whom entrepreneurs come in the general public are predisposed to mental health challenges. So we come in with a predisposition and add all that. And what happens? Retraction burn. Yes. And then there's a secret seventh factor, (laughs) which is all these potentiate one another. Mm. And then PS pandemic. Right. PS pandemic. And there's no question why we're struggling now. None whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, how many people, us included, launched a business? We launched a business 
February 1st, 2020. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, we were doing it individually. It was just sort of as together. And, and that's when we kind of exploded, no pun intended. But it was in reality through the yeah. pandemic. I feel yes. like, yeah. I mean, so many people, when they decided to leave the hustle, not the hustle, the rat race of corporate America, or if they never were entrepreneurs, or they just launched a business, and then we get thrown into this pandemic, not every entrepreneur flourished during that time, because there are some that did, and that they keep, you know, some keep it quiet, some don't keep it quiet, just because- you're putting right? your something that's important mm-hmm. that I've heard from a number of people who've approached me for support or who are already clients where they're ashamed to say that they did well. Absolutely. But doing well in a pandemic is also a shit show mm-hmm. because, you know, trying, for example, trying if you're if you're in manufacturing and you're doing well and there was a significant proportion yeah. of the manufacturing industry that did blow up in a quote unquote good way. But they can't have access to materials. So that's stressful. They can't deliver on time. So that's stressful. You can't, your transportation is threatened or you can't get supplies and materials and the the phone is ringing off the hook. It's good that your business is busy, but it's enormously stressful for you as an entrepreneur. And, but then again, to be able to not talk about the stress of doing well, because people think you're poor mouthing, that's an, that's a mental health challenge as well. Right. And then of course, there's the other half of the story, which is the people who crashed and burned and really don't have work and don't have money. That's also enormously painful and stressful. Yeah. And you get, I saw it this morning. I saw this morning. There's so many people out there like that. And and you get the other side of the coin where people say, go back to work. Like, like we talked about, go back to work, stop taking unemployment. You, you can figure this out for yourself. Stop being lazy. And it's like, it's not always cut and dry. It's not always black and white. There may not be work for the type of work that I choose to do. Can I go get a job? I being in air quotes, right? Can I go get a job? Sure. I can go get a job. But this is my dream is to do what I do. And it's a pandemic, people. And if I have to, I have to lean on something temporarily, don't make me feel bad that I me for doing so. Right. You know, I mean, there have been articles that people will leave certain industries because of the pandemic, like retail and restaurants and things like that because of the pandemic, which will then cause rifts in other industries. There's no simple answer. No. There We're is all no screwed. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But we have people like you that will walk us yeah. through and re- keep reminding us that it's not our fault. Like, just keep going, keep swimming. Yeah. Swimming, gotta, it's swimming, bound swimming. to get better. Yeah. I'm swimming. Yeah. Bound to get better, people, right. right? And we just have to keep reminding people that it's okay to show your vulnerability and not be ashamed of things. These are all things you unlearn. Yes, I agree. And I will add a nuance to that. Mm-hmm. Please. Because it's not easy for everybody to ask for help. Correct. For those of us who've experienced that the people who are supposed to help are people who hurt, the adage that, oh, you're obviously stronger with report, you support, you obviously should ask for help is actually much more nuanced. And so, and also there's a, there's a need whether you've had adversity or not, when you ask for help, to ask for help in a way that doesn't harm. Because if we bleed all over everybody and these are people who aren't 
able to, you know, if you go to somebody without medical experience and you're bleeding out, that, that's, and you say, help right. me, yes. they're, they're literally, it's not their fault. They're just not, they don't have the skills, right? Mm-hmm. So it's important to be discerning about who you ask for help. Everybody knows, everybody has a feel for who's in their life and who's going to say what, when, yeah. right? And so when you're needing to be vulnerable, it is important to ask for help to be vulnerable. And it's important to ask for the right person to help you with that. Because you know in your life who's going to give a helpful response and who isn't, right? Right. Yeah. We always tend to go to the person that we know is not going to give us a help. What is that about? Why do we do that? So frustrating. Yes. I know you're going to shit on me, but I'm still going to complain to you because... I don't know. And then you're going to shit on me and then I'm going to feel horrible. And then. Yeah. I guess I should have given that pre-qualifier. Not everybody will be accepting of your verbal vomiting for lack of a better term, because there are some people that don't want to see you succeed. And there are some people that don't want to see you be vulnerable. So it has to be a qualified professional or, you know, or somebody who is in your, your corner. Yes, a trusted, a trusted other. Mm-hmm. And, and while I'm a professional and, and support 100%, of course, people getting professional support, I also recognize that that's not the only thing that helps people, mm-hmm. right? You can have a pastor, you can have a coach, you can have a trusted friend, a biz bestie, you know, who's going to support you well. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this little story. I, I did seek therapy this past summer. And I said to the woman, I said, Kelly is going to be thrilled because she is no longer going to have to hear every little thing. But it's good that you, like, I'm not saying I'm awesome, but it's good that you have (laughs) someone, you know, that you can lean on, which is good. Not everybody has that. So it is, it is good. And it's important to diversify too. And this is a, a principle that applies across the board in terms of business and all other kinds of things, right? To diversify your support is smart because the capacity of your variety of supporters varies. Yeah. Because yeah. their life circumstances vary and their stressors vary, right? And there are times when that who used to be the right person just doesn't have the capacity right now, which doesn't mean they don't love you. Right. It just means they haven't got the capacity right now. And so if you have diverse, a diverse range of support, then everybody does better. Yeah. And just to give you a little insight, Shula, Kelly and I have been best friends for like 20 years. So she gets the brunt of everything. Right. And so I thought she needed a break. <laughs> But I feel like I have heard myself in the in the past say, like, I, I don't even think I can take that on today. Like, yes. And that's sure. good boundaries. Right. Yeah, that's what makes, that's yeah. It makes an excellent friendship when you can recognize with one another and not take it personally. Hey, I just don't have the capacity today. I love you. And I can't today. Yeah. Let's have a snack yeah. instead. Yeah. Yes. And I just want to remind people, like, something that I have always loved and now it's like happening is just think of how awesome the roaring twenties was. And when we're on the other side of this pandemic and we have our roaring twenties, ironically enough is actually in the twenties, right? The 2020s. How I think that's awesome. why. Oh my goodness. I never saw that parallel until just yeah. that minute that it was the same. It's the same decade yeah. of the next. Whatever century. it is. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like this is how we're going, we're going to go into our roaring twenties and be in speakeasies and like, it's going to be awesome when we well, get to the other side. Hopefully they don't do prohibition again, but we'll just be like. <laughs> yeah, hopefully no prohibition. We wouldn't, that, that caused too much trouble, but yeah, we will get to the other side, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you have a, a free gift for, I think, 
you had a free gift for our <laughs> people. I'm sorry. Yes. A stress relief mini series, right? Yes. So if you, I, I invite anybody who wants to connect to check me out on Instagram at the entrepreneurs therapist with underscores <laughs> on Instagram. If you search Shula Mead, I'm the first one who comes up, but Another way to connect with me is through my newsletter. By signing up, you will receive a little series of emails that will support you in getting some stress relief right away, which often when people are at, you know, at 2 a.m. on my website, it's not because they want help tomorrow. They want something right this Right week. now. Yeah. yeah. So there's some little tips and tricks in that series. But also the things we've talked about today, I write about and think about. And if you want to get this kind of support in your inbox, that's where my newsletter can help you out too. Awesome. And even that, like that tiny bit of what you do, you know what I mean? Just providing that outlet for people, I think will help entrepreneurs because we're all in this together, really, you know, and we're all going through the same things. It's not all rainbows and unicorns, but it can be, you know, with the right team. So, yeah. So Instagram is where you're hanging out these days. And I know you're on LinkedIn because we can. LinkedIn and Instagram are the two are the two platforms that I'm on the most. Awesome. And any, any parting words for our listeners to send them off into the great beyond on the right path today? It's not your fault. Remember that. It's not your fault. No wonder you're having a hard time. Yep. I feel like this needs to be on repeat. This episode needs to be on repeat. Everybody just keep coming back to this episode because it's important. And definitely follow Shula on on Instagram. Your voice is just so soothing and you're so bright and shiny. I love you already. I hope you don't mind. That's all right. I do. I do. I appreciate so much the connection, right? That the resonance and the space we create together in this conversation today has been really nourishing. Yeah, I agree. We could talk forever. Yes. (laughs) At some point we must get nourishment and take naps. I want to thank you so much for coming on. I think this is amazing information for entrepreneurs. And like you said, like even just parents with kids that are home now, some are going back to school, some aren't, no matter where you're listening from, different things are happening, you know? So everybody just hang on for the roaring twenties and um, come join us in our Facebook group, the business managers podcast. We will put everything in the show notes all of Shula's links, the free gift, but that'll also go in the group. Tell your friends about this podcast. Tell your friends about this episode because I feel like it's super important. All your entrepreneurship peers and friends, let them know about this one. And um, we'll see you next week. You never know what's going to happen, right, Burge? You just, gotcha. you never know what's going to happen. Never know. Always put the air quotes up. That is now a permanent thing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shula. Thanks, Shula. You're awesome. Thank you. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Did you enjoy today's episode? If you did, help us grow with a follow, rate, and review. Check us out online at mergioenterprises.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Mergio Enterprises. See you next week and tell your friends.